interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Welcome to the very first episode of Our Friendly World. I wanted to let you know what we are all about. I am your host. I am the founder of Be Friendly, Be Friendly World, and of course, right here, Our Friendly World, the podcast. My background is as a photographer. I started shooting when I was a teenager. That was my great passion. It still is. I traveled around the world and I decided I wanted to be like um, a humanitarian type of photographer, photographing people, photographing beautiful people. And I'm not talking beautiful as in what Hollywood and the mainstream consider beautiful. I wanted to portray all cultures from around the world. I wanted to show the beauty of culture, of all cultures, and of the beauty of humanity on this planet. And of course, I was much younger and I had, you know, this beautiful ideal, even though I grew up around racism, I saw some ugly, I still was just completely in awe of the beauty in the world. The hate hadn't really wasn't able to touch me yet. As I traveled around the world, I decided to work on putting everything together. I started noticing that wherever I went, the people that I met, that I met, um, everyone seemed like family to me. Everybody was familiar to me, especially the people that I ended up photographing. I felt this bond with, like they were truly family. After some years of this, I realized wow, this is the family I've been searching for. Like, we're all here together. It's the global family. So I decided to put everything into a book. I studied all the religions of the world. I really fell in love with everyone that I photographed. And I created a family photo album. Needless to say, I did go bankrupt trying to get this thing published. Um, So anyway... Most of you have probably not ever seen any of my images. I I have always fallen in between the cracks. And this is basically one of the reasons I'm doing Be Friendly is because, one, it's for the people that have fallen in between the cracks, you know. It's, it's a place to have conversation. It's a place to be heard. I want it to be a safe place. And that's what I'm creating. So how did this begin? How did Be Friendly begin? It started a long time ago. And it started with a mentor that I had. A mentor I never knew was uh, really watching over me as I was growing up. I grew up in LA. And, you know, um, my childhood 
was interesting. I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time thinking. There was this one place I would go to, and not until years later when I was much older did I realize what was really happening. The place that I would go to for um, having things become clear to me. Um, it was always one special place. That's after years, years and years later, I realized I was being watched over by a very special mentor. So I'm here with you today to relay a message from this teacher, my original mentor, who watched me grow up. So I would go to her every weekend to gain, to, um, gain understanding and perspective on things. She always provided a sense of calm and compassion about the world for me. One year, after a big career move, I was back in Los Angeles once again, where I grew up, a place I had tried to escape many, many times, but I would get sucked right back, seemingly like totally against my will. I did not want to live there. So she wanted me to stay with her, not for a mere visit, knowing how upset I was about once again being stuck in LA. I knew she had a plan and that I really didn't have a choice. I remember in my unruly way professing that I would only stay for three months and that's that, just three months, that's it, okay? I'm, I'm gone after three. Well, those three months quickly turned into 12 years of an amazing type of apprenticeship where I was given the tools and insights to share with you today, right now, in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, a world that seems so not friendly. You know, literally the world is on fire from environmental issues to social injustice to a global pandemic. I'm sure you're, you've heard of this mentor of mine. She's really beautiful. And all that is about to be described to you, you know, it took place over a 12-year period. I mean, the apprenticeship really took place over a 12-year period. And just as magically as it began, it kind of poof, seemed to go away. So her name is Santa Monica. She taught me the ins and outs of the fabric of our culture in the United States. But within this tiny little community, I learned more about our humanity, a truly amazing community. It taught me, she taught me, I should say, about relationships, how to conduct sacred commerce, martial arts, and the main thread that weaves everything together, which is the art of friendship. That's what I learned from her. When my time with Santa Monica came to an end, well, not really an end, but to a kind of a fruition, she wound things down as seamlessly as when she initiated the beginning. When it was time for me to leave, she made it 
So I would not, could not look in the rearview mirror as I drove to my new life with my new husband. And I say this, I mean, quite literally, I couldn't look back because when we were leaving, when we were driving away, there was a storm brewing, like an actual storm, heavy, heavy rain. I remember the moving truck and the amazing friend we made with a moving person who was moving us in that truck saying, we have to go now because there's this this strange weather pattern forming and we cannot be on the road. So we either have to go now or wait until the storm passes. We chose to go and literally the storm, it was like a wall behind us as soon as we left. So I, I literally couldn't look back in my rearview mirror. It was full on move ahead, move forward and not look back. But an interesting thing is that she continued to whisper her teachings in my heart that has now been translated to my husband and now our two little girls. She's given us directions to convey the messages to you that I want to convey with every one of these podcasts. The words about to be voiced are definitely chosen and very deliberate today. The message is about an epidemic that began in the United States decades ago, spreading around the world. Some nations have actually instated a task force for dealing with this problem, but here in the United States, there is denial. Although since we've had an actual pandemic of a virus going around, I have noticed that people are starting to talk about this other um, epidemic. Aside from racism, what I'm talking about is loneliness. There have been countries who have their governments creating programs to treat this because they do consider it a disease and it does cause problems like health issues. But from what I've noticed, traveling around and really paying attention, um, especially after leaving Santa Monica, what I noticed has been this rapid increase in this kind of behavior First, we, my husband and I thought it was just us, you know, maybe we moved to this strange, new, very quiet place, pretty much on the tip of the United States. And maybe it's just us that maybe somehow we forgot the art of friendship. It was all of a sudden really hard to make friends. And shortly after that, we became parents, you know, we, our first child was born and we thought, well, maybe it's because we're parents now and we have different perspective on life. And we had a life and death experience at the hospital. And, you know, maybe we've just changed so much all of a sudden that we're not able to make friends anymore. So we, we took things uh, personally, like it was, it was, it was us, but as much as we tried, you know, we, we come from Santa Monica. I mean, we, I learned so much. I really understood the art of friendship. And, I, and I'll discuss with you in depth with every episode what I'm talking about. I don't want to get too much into it right now. I just want to explain what we're all about here. And 
it was a strange thing that was happening that I was noticing. I, I decided to pull all my research together, every photograph that I had taken, all the places that I traveled to. I was thinking about that. And I was starting to really put my notes together. And I realized, you know, it's not us. Seriously, it is like, I thought it was hard to find the one true love of my life. I thought that was hard. I was seriously, as I was traveling around, walking around the planet, looking for him at the same time I was photographing my projects, I was like, wow, where is he? That's really hard to find. You're one and only. And one day when my husband and I were walking on the beach in the Pacific Northwest, I was um, really thinking about this. And I finally, out of frustration, said to my husband, this is ridiculous. It's, it's, I thought finding you was difficult, but my God, it's like trying to make a friend. It's like dating all over again to find a friend, like a platonic friend. Like we could not have anyone really come over and join us for a meal. Like it, the people looked at us like we were crazy. And we noticed that this was happening all over the place. You know, we started to kind of interview people. We were definitely talking to everyone. Um, not interviewing them, but I mean, in secret, we kind of were because we were curious how other people felt about friendship and what constituted friendship to them. Like we would, we would walk down, you know, towards where we lived, um, we were kind of in the woods, but, you know, if we saw other neighbors nearby and we said hello or waved or nodded, that was pretty much the extent of that kind of thing. The, the I don't know if you can call it a relationship, but these people sure did. They considered that friendship. And I was like, wow, we can't even have dinner together. Like you really don't know anything about me. And you consider this a friendship, huh? So then we started researching other countries and what's really going on around the world. And that's when we realized, hey, the UK actually has this program and they call it the loneliness epidemic. Now they seem to be concentrating on the elderly population. But what we were noticing, especially in the United States, was young people were lonely and, you know, I would go back and forth, you know, look at Canada, I would look at the UK, and I was talking to people from all around the world um, about the art of friendship and friendship in general. The United States seemed to be really off to me in this department. If I was to have a conversation, let's, let's just say um, I was talking to someone named, I don't know, just, I'm just going to make up a name. Joanne, like Joanne, have you noticed that people don't hang out together anymore? Like they don't walk together anymore. People tend to use TV shows or movies as their means of having a kind of a friendship, like living vicariously through movies or TV shows as having friendship people you can go to brunch with. It's like watching these people is like, why are these certain TV shows so popular? Back then it was like, Sex and the City or, you know, even way before that, the TV show Friends, which is now super popular to be 
streamed over and over again. Why are people watching these shows? Why were those shows and movies popular to begin with? It was just watching people being together, having lives together and sharing intimate things, being each other's witnesses in life, going through things together, having conversations and figuring things out together, supporting one another. All these things is what I experienced in this little tiny part of this town over the the course of those 12 years. And it really taught me a lot. It, It taught me how our culture in the United States, how we are in denial. So as I would be talking to my friend Joanne, and I would say, you know, have you noticed that these um, things I'm talking about, have you noticed? I mean, most people don't seem to have that for real. And Joanne would get so defensive all of a sudden, immediately looking at me like I was throwing her some, some hot garbage onto her face or something, like getting so offended and getting so defensive saying, what are you talking about? I have plenty of friends. And I'd say, Joanne, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about our culture, our society as a whole. I'm just noticing. What are you talking? I don't know. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, you know, I totally wasn't talking about you. And yet I would notice Joanne maybe three months later. And I experienced many Joannes, by the way, over and over again, admit, not to me, but admit, well, I would like overhear them talking to other people. Wow, I'm really lonely. Um, I'm so glad I met you. I've been waiting for a friend. So this is the same, all the Joannes that protested the whole thing of friendship and how they would say it, they have plenty of friends, but really no one wanted to admit that they in fact don't have friends as if it's, their fault. And it's, you don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't have a friend, right? No one does. But I noticed more and more people really opening up to me, realizing and admitting that they too are alone. This is after I would confess. I'll sometimes look at my phone and when I'm in not a dire situation, but definitely a like a sad, sad moment in my life. And I really need someone to hold my hand. And even if they're not there to just please just be on the phone with me, like a voice out there to listen to me so that I know I'm not alone. If I were to scroll through my phone, I couldn't think of one person I could actually have conversation with. It just, it felt weird. I didn't feel comfortable calling anyone. So this one day as we were walking, and this was years ago when we said, we were kind of chuckling, my husband and I, wow, it's, it's, it was, it's easier to find the one true love on the planet rather than like find some friendships some authentic platonic friendships. And we started joking, ha ha, wouldn't it be funny if there was a dating service for platonic friendships? And so my husband being this code poet, this uh, genius programmer, we started to, at first, kind of just like jokingly put our ideals together of how this match service would look like and what it would entail and what, how would it be? And um, anyway, so as our, as we moved 
from place to place. We really took a look at what was going on and how people were not having conversations and how even like looking at England and looking at how they use their campaign to target the elderly regarding friendship and loneliness. I was looking because, you know, our our kids were tiny and we would take them to the playground. I noticed how everything that the adults were going through, they were only transferring it to their children. The children didn't know how to play together. The children were not social. And looking at England, they were using the children to go up to the elderly community to bring back this sense of conversation and talking to strangers and developing friendships because they felt, hey, the kids know. The kids know how to play together. Well, I was finding in this culture that kids sure do not know how to play together. I mean, Our kids would go up to other kids on the playground and with such open arms and open hearts would go up to other kids and say, hi, I am so-and-so. What a beautiful hat you have. And I love your, your way of doing this, whatever they were doing, you know, playing in the sandbox. What's your name? They would just look at our kids like, I never saw the movie, but I saw snippets with commercials, but like children of the corn staring right back at my kids. It was really kind of scary. Like they would just stare and they wouldn't even smile. They would just stare. After the 10th, 15th, 20th, 30th, 40th time, my kids started to not be as open. And this was really, really hard for us to take. Like this is ridiculous. So We decided to finally launch the website that actually matched people together. And our whole thing was, so we launched this thing like three years ago now. Our whole thing was, look, we will match people up within their own zip codes. First, it's done online, but you all have to meet within your neighborhood. Taken from my mentor, Santa Monica, we learned by living the situation, we were all friends. All community members were friends and business owners were friends. We were all friends together and our community was so strong. It was, uh, there was no isms going on. There was no ageism. We, I mean, we were all ages and I never, until I left, felt so, I, I just, I mean, in, within that community, I felt comfortable in my own skin. It was very multicultural when we moved was when I started to really feel this growing sense of racism. Like it was really bubbling. It was, it was growing and it was happening really fast. It was really strange going back to the cities that I had lived in before constantly saying, what happened? Wow. People were really angry. And because of the way I look, I started to get a lot of stuff thrown at me. Crazy stuff said to my face. I'm like, wow. I remember even in the Pacific Northwest walking on the beach with a friend. I had my baby in the baby Bjorn and she was facing out with these big, beautiful brown eyes. And I remember this 
older man who came up to us on the beach and he just looked at me and then he looked at my baby. He looked like he had smelled some trash. Like he, like his, the corner of his mouth going up and like his face looking like he smelled something stinky. And by the way, there was no diaper situation. It was, this man was racist. And he looked at my baby, my beautiful baby. He's like, oh God, brown eyes. Ugh. And then he started to go on and on about the first time he saw someone with brown eyes and basically how despicable he thought that was. Like, it, 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 you know, just stuff like that. It was starting to happen more and more. And I'd go back to my husband at home. I'm like, you're not going to believe what just happened. He'd say, oh, no, that didn't really happen. Come on. You're, you're exaggerating or it's your imagination. And I'm like, no, 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 seriously. But it kept happening more and more. Am I digressing? Anyway, I just noticed this inhospitable kind of feeling in our culture growing. So we decided, okay, based on what we know from Santa Monica, we want to create a situation where we we match people up as friends, but they have to meet in their own zip code within their own neighborhood, mixing with the neighborhood businesses at the same time, you know, much like what we experienced in our community in Santa Monica. And so what was happening was we were actually getting people from all over the world signing up and not people from one particular zip code. So we were having trouble matching people within the zip code. So we weren't finding enough people of that zip code to truly make a proper match. So after a while, there are actually a couple articles written about us, about our website. After a while, we decided to just temporarily put that site on hold because it was costing us a lot of money to do this. Everything was done really from our own pockets. Um, The site was free, but to have a site like that was fairly expensive, especially when you have a young family. I just decided, you know what, let's save that money. Let's figure things out. Let me strategize on how to get our name out there. So there were articles written about us and I was on social media and I was telling everybody what we're about. Just didn't feel like we were getting anywhere. So I decided to start a different kind of like a normal blog type website. And now we are obviously starting with this podcast. I hope that there's someone out there listening. I hope that you can tell other people. What I want to do is just create a space where we have conversation. I will teach you, not teach you, but what I'm going to do is relay everything I learned from Santa Monica. I will tell you all my stories and all the inspiration. I want to have a community. I really want to start a family of friends. I want to bring back the art of friendship, not only within each community, but let's face it, especially in this country, everything is run by corporations. So I'm going to plead to these corporations. I'm going to come to you. I'm coming to the owners of these corporations and big businesses. I would like to have you let me coach your team and help you with the tools that I've built, recreate the art of friendship within the offices, within the corporations, and within as well as within our own neighborhoods. That's what our friendly world will be about. My host will be my cohort, 
my husband, also once in a while our our girls, we will have conversation that will span everything. And that's what friendship is about. We will talk about everything, everything. Hopefully we'll have some friends listening and participating in our calls. What I was also about to say was now that we're in this pandemic, we're really, really talking about what is happening, all the racial injustice, the economic injustice, all of that. I think if we were to have a conversation where everyone is heard, truly heard and seen, truly seen, and I'll go back to history, like I'll recall, I'll bring things up that most people, I guess I have skipped over in school, but we'll talk about where all the strife comes from. And it's from the lack of being heard, the lack of being seen, the lack of being understood. So that's my main mission right here, is to create an understanding. And with that, without sounding too hokey, and I'll explain specifically exactly what I mean by this, but with the art of friendship, the art of listening, I do believe that we can have a friendlier world that is free from racism, free from economic injustice, a world that is just friendly. All right. I hope you're listening. Take care. Bye.